Throughout the ages, there have been heroes and warriors who have embarked on quests to save faraway lands and free the people from would-be conquerors. With dice and not a lot of common sense in various role-playing games. Today, our legends come from the halls of This Week in Geek. An unlikely group of nerdy adventurers armed with some pretty stupid ideas and a horseshoe up their butts come together to save the day in These Warriors Are Terrible. Seriously, these are the guys we're going to go with? Welcome out to another episode of These Warriors Are Terrible. I'm your host and Game Master, Mike the Birdman Dodd from ThisWeekInGeek.net. We are brought to you by CNG Magazine, where I'm pretty sure you can find the answer to life, the universe, and everything, but not the answer to what the hell happened in the end of Evangelion. Oh, no. That's right, guys. That's what we're going to be playing today. Neon Genesis Evangelion using GURPS 4th Edition. Uh, from Steve Jackson Games. I'm excited to play this. Um, as you guessed, like I just said, off the top, I'm your game master. But I'm not alone as I find pilots to help us reach instrumentality. I am joined with... Erica Sailor Senshi Sabo. Brendan Fry. I call Macbeth, also known as Dr. Holocaust. Scott. Julian, they call me Second Impact Spillane. That's right, we are recording from Nerve Toronto... Today we're actually recording in this very tiny uh, studio at Julian's house, but I'm excited though because now I get to see where the Blast processors make their epic amounts of awesome music. Which uh, actually, before the show, Julian rocked out some cyberpunk music for somebody, which will be out by the time this episode is out. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, it sounded pretty awesome. So, so yes, guys, we are going to be doing it. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Some things to note. For this. this is continuity with the original US TV broadcast. Up until episode 16, the rebuild movies have not happened and will not happen in my universe. Because that 3.33, what the hell was that? I disagree. Ugh. I'm also disagreeing with you. I didn't like that one. Uh, I thought the first two were cool. And Mari's cool. But... And... Moving along, moving along. Um, so, we're going to discuss what happens to the U.S. branch of Nerve. That's right, there's actually two of them in the U.S. Nerve, Massachusetts, and Nerve Branch 2 in Nevada, which is where uh, our adventurers are going to be um, taking out their Avas, kicking some ass, and taking some names. But um, before we go any further, let's go around the room and decide, or find out, rather, who everybody's character is. And we're going to go from right to left this time, starting with... Jordan Abrash, a uh, former UN peacekeeping officer who was promoted quickly, went up the ranks because of his ability to strategize in combat. Um, he was selected by Nerve to um, become a commander at the Nevada branch when they felt that his tactics could help in the battle against the Angels. Scott Bordas, yes that's right. I am playing a character who I have based somewhat on myself in this dystopian future. So, uh, yes... I'm playing, again, myself, the son of a, I'm, I'm a mechanic, a talented mechanic, who was, uh, he was working at Nerve uh, US, and he was, uh, he had the task of building this AVA unit, not all by himself, obviously, with other people, but as these big projects go, people die, and uh, he was a casualty of that, crushed by something, I was never really classified on that information. So uh, I was brought to the base with my mother, she was given a large severance package, she went on a ditch, she couldn't deal with, this, with the crap that was going on. 
They left me because of my connection to my father and the possible connection to an Evangelion unit and the possibility of being a pilot. So uh, I've been living here by my, by myself, no ma, no pa, no one, but my, myself. Me and my thoughts. I'm so bored. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Alright, so I'm going to be playing uh, Captain Andy Colt, uh, who was born and raised on a military base down in Denver, Colorado, and followed his father, General Samuel Colt, who was more of a, a, an army man, more of a tactician. But Andy himself took more to mechanics. And growing up was a military engineer, eventually got his way into the Air Force so that he could help to develop the Jet Alone program and design their first uh, unit that they're going to be putting out on the field, which he is affectionately named the Gusta. And so yeah, he has the job of piloting one of these things. He's a very straightforward, very honest kind of guy. And I'm playing Zach Herbert, <clears throat> a military brat where his parents uh, died when he was younger. He then put, put in care of his grandfather, who was rather high up in the military, but uh, sadly he passed recently, and um, Zach's really kind of pushed all his efforts towards the military life, and uh, really excelled in it. His grandfather left him all his uh, possessions and house and weaponry, and he's loving it. And I'll be playing Margot Kovach, 14-year-old student from Paradise, Nevada, currently going to school at the Roy Martins Middle School and is part of the International Middle Years Program. Uh, her parents enrolled her in this program without knowing that it is uh, actually used uh, to find potential AVA candidates. Uh, now that she has been um, selected, she's uh, in a, quite a bit of emotional turmoil right now and trying to figure out her parents' connection with Nerve and dealing with her own emotional stress and the experience as well. Alright, when we find ourselves, um, it's uh, each of you has received a communique from the Marduk Institute and Nerve themselves to report to base for actual combat training. Uh, what has happened is due to the increase in angel attacks over the last year, Things are getting serious, and the U.S. military, along with the United Nations, has decided it's only a matter of time before an angel appears either either above U.S. airspace or on U.S. soil. And uh, the U.S. military is uh, has contacted the United Nations for a a preparedness test to basically secede uh, uh, command authority away from the Japanese branch with nerve headed by Commander Akari and Professor Fuyitsky. The main reason being is the U.S. military has not been the superpower that it once was uh, after the second impact, obviously, with a lot of naval bases and things suffering uh, collateral damage after a lot of the coasts were flooded and the subsequent uh, problems that happened in the world afterwards. We find ourselves starting. It is uh, probably around 8 o'clock at night, and we find ourselves in the apartment of Margot. Uh, you got the phone call from Nerve just a few hours ago. A person has come by from the Marduk Institute to officially hand you orders, so there's an official record of it. You do a report to Groom Lake, aka Nerve Branch 2, at Area 51, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. What are you gonna do? Um, I'm just trying to let it all sink in. I've already prepared all my bags, and I'm just trembling. <laughs> I'm trembling with fear. Uh, just. The sense of desperation is starting to sink in, and all these questions, and 
Just trying to collect my thoughts. As you're sitting there on your bed, kind of packing the last few things, the television is turned on in the corner to, of course, America's most trusted news source, CNN, and they <laughs> have a group of panelists that are sitting around talking about it, about what are the angels, why is the U.S. not a more active participant in whatever this is, and uh, now that we have a confirmed existence of alien life, what does that mean? Why are they attacking the planet, and why is the U.S. not at the forefront of this? And you've heard it all before them, just the talking heads, and uh, this is what you're going to go out there and fight, whatever these things are. Now, prior to this, you have had, you typically go to Nerve about three times a week for just a few hours, go into your, your test plug, go through all the startup tests. You've seen your Ava, but you've never actually been inside of it properly, just the dummy plugs so to speak, and uh, your Avas are coming out of cryo-suspension this week. And, uh, well, a lot of responsibility is being heaped on you, because the last uh, news report that came out of Tokyo 3 showed a rather violent battle with the Angels, and most often, more often than not, the, uh, the evening news ends with a shot of Tokyo 3 covered in whatever that stuff is. You know it's blood. You've read the after-action reports. And, well, it's a lot to kind of throw on you. Yeah. Now, your mom and dad are still alive, right? Correct? Yeah, they are. So your mom passes by your room, just kind of walking by with an extra bag to put by the door. It's like, you know, extra bedding and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she kind of peeks her head in. Margo, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I, uh, in my mind, I'm in a state where I don't even want to... I don't... I don't know whether or not I want to communicate to them, because I know, like, this might be my one last chance, or one of my last chances, but at the same time, it's, uh, I don't trust them. I don't trust them after, uh, after all of this has happened and after I was enrolled in this program, so, yeah, I'm not very, not very talkative at this point. She goes, all right, she just kind of goes about her way. You can, you know, she doesn't, she feels almost kind of slighted that you didn't want to talk to her, that's sort of like, well, fine, we'll yeah. see you later then. Yeah. Sort of thing, but a uh, couple a uh, couple minutes later, you hear uh, you hear the uh, intercom in your apartment go off, and uh, Jordan arrives at the front door. Mrs. Uh, what's your character's last name again? Kovach. Mrs. Kovach answers the door. She's um fairly nothing extraordinary about her. Just ordinary woman opens the door. She goes, I presume you're the uh, nerve commander? I nodded her and uh, step inside the apartment. She's like, right this way. She brings you back to Margot's room. Are you ready? Are your bags packed? Yes, I'm ready. Take a last look around you. This is probably the last time for a while that you'll get to be comfortable in this environment. We're going to go straight to nerve headquarters, go through evaluations, and then begin training. This will not be easy. All right, understood. Understood. Mr. Mr. Kova kind of pipes up from the living room. All the financial arrangements have been taken of, right? I just look back at him and nod, just kind of with a distasteful look in my face. He kind of he kind of nods his head. His wife shoots him that glaring look of, "How dare you say that?" And you both leave. Yeah. So you go down the elevator. Uh, you reach the streets of. Las Vegas, and um, normally Las Vegas, it's the city of sin, it's the city of parties, the city where you can forget all your troubles. 
But even the neon lights seem a little bit dimmer tonight. You look above, the sky's clear, but even still seems like there's a bit of a haze over it. Something just don't seem right. Um, the next pilot you're instructed to pick up is going to be out in the uh, suburbs, and you're going to go visit uh, Zach Herbert. And uh, he is um, considered a high-priority um, pickup because he actually has training and is considered military. So he is considered a little bit more valuable than Margot due to his background and certain prestige that has been given to him and information that has been given to you specifically to look after him. So you drive through the streets of Las Vegas. seems quieter than normal. You come out to the suburbs. It's this pretty much upper white crust neighborhood, you know, the gated community, so to speak. And uh, you see a pair of headlights come into the driveway. I'm excited. I uh, grab my duffel bag, uh, turn off the TV as I watch what CNN saying. I kind of nod in agreement with what CNN saying that we should have a stronger involvement with uh, the angel threat. Uh, throw my, uh, kind of clean my gun, put it in my bag, and start closing up the door, ready to leave. All right, so you step outside onto the sidewalk, and you can see the SUVs park into position. You see uh, four guys get out. There are three SUVs in total. Two. I see one, uh, two guys in the back, two guys in the front, and then Jordan's SUVs in the middle. They come out in body armor and helmets. They've got their assault rifles, stuff like that. You know this is standard mm-hmm. operating procedure. And Jordan gets out. I salute. I nod back. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So you make your way back to the middle SUV, and you see this attractive girl sitting there. Describe what you look like. Um... Very gaunt. <laughs> Very gaunt. I glance over at you briefly, but I look back. I'm not I'm not in the mood to talk. I'm not very very sociable at this moment. Um, but you know, yeah. She looks kind of familiar. You've seen her in passing in the hallways. You know she's <laughs> an Ava pilot. You haven't been particularly impressed by her skills, but then again, there aren't too many people that are as good as you, or so you think. <laughs> So you're a little bit cocky about it, and you kind of wonder, this is kind of a man's job, so to speak. So you're a little bit sexist at it. But, you know, that's, par- that's partially your grandfather talking, mm-hmm. too, where it's this man's army, so to speak. So you get inside the SUVs, you all pull away, and um, after a short drive later, you come into what would be considered a complex. There's a bunch of duplexes, stuff like that. And uh, we come up to Scotty Bordas. So you're sitting in your house. It's, it's very quaint. It's very small. You get a small stipend from the government. And you get a living allowance from Nerve. Because you're basically on retainer until they need you. <laughs> and, well, the call has finally come. You're to move on to the base full time. Whether you want to keep this place or leave it up for rent is entirely up to you. You are lit- legally considered your own guardian. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do? Oh, well, I take what I want to take with me, so some photo albums and a camera just for memories. And I have all my stuff ready packed because I'm, I'm so used to this. I have a, I have a bag by the door at all times, and uh, he asked me if I want to keep it. I said, I've taken what I want. Do what you need with it. I'm not going back here again. All right, so you leave the keys in the mailbox, so to speak. The SUVs pull up in front of your place, and Jordan steps out. Bordas, Scott, hello. Are you ready? 
I'm always ready. This isn't my first rodeo. All right, so you guys all get inside the Nerve, <laughs> the Nerve SUVs. It'll take you probably a couple hours to drive out to Groom Lake. You will have to go through a series of security checkpoints. Erica, what's Margot's surname? Kovach. Kovach. And this is where we find Andy. So Andy, you are already at the base at Nerve at Area 51. Uh, the actual Nerve proper base is located several hundred feet underneath the desert floor, as that's where these things are constructed and stored. Very much, very similar to the Geo front yeah. in uh, Tokyo 3. You're in the Gustav cage, which um, is basically your workshop, the maintenance area. There are a selection of spare parts there. And you're in the innards of this thing, kind of working out the rest of the uh, combat programming yeah. for this thing. It's probably about 8 or 9 at night. You've been at this for the last 10 hours. Working out the bugs. Yeah, working out the bugs, basically. He's got, uh, like, a cigarette lazily sort of, like, dread, uh, drooping out of one of the sides of his mouth. He's got a big pair of goggles on as he's sort of cranking away on the machinery. Uh, wears uh, a large one of those, like, onesies and uh, zip-ups that they have, like, mm-hmm. uh, flight uniforms that he also double as, like, mechanic. Uh, coveralls. Uh, yeah, coveralls, yeah. Um, fatigues and what have you. Um, at this point, he's pretty excited. Uh, cause it's a mixture of pride and fear. Uh, you, everyone's seen the tapes a thousand times. Everyone knows what these things look like. Everyone knows what these things are capable of. But they always surprise us every time that they come out. There's always something different. There's always some kind of new finagled whatever the hell these things are, like, pulling punches out. And he knows these things are going to be a lot scarier up front than they are on the tapes. So it's not just his life out there, it's his reputation. He helped to build and design this thing. And so if it fails fantastically, then that's his failure. <laughs> so as you're sitting there working away at things uh, across the gantry, uh, Lieutenant Nathan Campbell comes out. He's an, an older gentleman. To describe him, think of... Have you seen Star Trek Into Darkness? Yes. Peter Weller. He looks like that age Peter Weller. He walks with He walks with a with a with a slight limp. Mm. You know that happened to him during the second impact as he was on a naval destroyer. And tsunamis tend to throw things around. Yeah. So he was one of the very few members of the crew to survive. Jeez. So he walks up to you and goes, Well, Andy, tomorrow's the day. Nope. Oh, turns to him. Lieutenant Campbell salutes. Oh, at ease. <laughs> I just want to know, can you take this bucket of bolts out there and really do some damage with it? <laughs> I don't think that we can just take out there and do damage. I think, at least in my opinion and in my expertise, that Titan-class modules like this are going to be what replaces Avis on the field. She go, uh, He looks at you and goes, you know, I really hope you're right, because... Uh, I wish I could tell you the things that I know, but let's just say what they're doing down there is stuff out of fucking Frankenstein. Yeah, I've seen those things. Organic components? What is that? Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. That's gross. That's what that is. (laughs) And kids. They're piloted by freaking kids. Who authorized that? Well, it's the United Nations, and you know what? It's the Japanese is who it is. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of them either. Um, we've actually attended quite a few summits with uh, some of their higher-ups, and there's this one guy, he commands the nerve branch over there, Akari. I have never met a bigger asshole in my life. Right? 
Yeah, I mean, the other guy he talks to, Frietsky's all right, but, uh, you know, even he gets a little high on himself. I mean, leave it up to Japanese R&D to find a system that's supposed to defend the world from giant monsters that's powered by children with daddy issues. Yeah, I'm... I'll tell you, at least when you build something in America, you know it works. Yeah. I mean, the great Chryslers, the Fords, the General Motors. I mean, hell, half your components came from General Motors. Heck yeah. And at least, hey, with you and your dad working on this, you breathe some life into De- into Detroit again. Admittedly, it's building giant weapons of mass destruction, but hey, tomato, tomato, it doesn't matter. It puts money in our pockets, whatever. Well, you can call it a high-tech prosthesis if you want a bit fancy. Yeah, so... <laughs> Tomorrow, when the UN guys get here, mm-hmm. make sure you really hammer home that technology, not mysticism, is going to win this. Yeah. Because that's what we want. Good hard science. Got to make Made in America mean something again. And I know Rebecca, you know, the Iron Maiden herself, she's looking for a reason to get those Avas out of here. Oh, she yeah. doesn't trust them any more than I do. But hey, we all got to take our orders. Yeah. So... He goes, carry on. Training begins tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. You meet the rest of the pilots. Oh, good. You've seen these kids in the hallways at best. Yeah. This is like, I might have seen them in the hallway. Would I have had, um, like, papers on them, folders at all? Oh, yeah. You would know whatever you need to know. You've got basic clearance on them as well. Okay. <coughs> so, the night goes on. You go to bed. That's it. You guys are all driving in the Nerve uh, convoy out to Area 51, Groom Lake. You guys going to talk at all? I'm fe- feeling not very talkative. I'm not feeling very Surrounded talkative. by children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, hey, you're like 30-something. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I just open my bag and I just pull up my, my uh, MP3 player and I just put some music on and... Just the same track repeating. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, no! Is it going to be that way again? I didn't think that. This is a vicious circle. You mustn't run away, Scott. Well, you know what? I uh, I find that very amusing, and I give you a slight slight chuckle to myself. I don't hear it because I have earbuds in. I'm listening to the metal compilation of the 80s. That's what we were listening to White Snake. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, uh, we'll have to explain that joke on a different podcast. Yeah. Um, I look at Mar- Margo and Zach and, you know, see them kind of giggling and we're looking at this guy, at Scott. Which is slight resemblance to Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison, slight resemblance to Harrison Ford. Yeah, we didn't Ford. mention that. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, without any um, humor or anything in my voice, just... Uh, look dead into their eyes and say, do you understand the importance of what it is you've been selected to do? Yes, sir. Yes, I understand. Humanity is on the brink of destruction. We've lost so many men already. So this isn't the time for levity, for, for joy. Maybe once you've proven yourselves on the field, we'll give you some time to relax. But for now, this you got to take this seriously because uh, you might die tomorrow. You never know. So the rest of the ride passes Without incident, you drive into the Nevada desert. It almost seems inky black at night. It is so dark. It even seems darker than normal. It's almost like the stars aren't shining even at all tonight. So you pull into Area 51. You pass through the infamous black mailbox. You drive into the base proper. You're loaded onto a platform. You see a bunch of nerve techs walking around it. You see armed guards. They're like kind of waving their hands as if, okay, move it. 
platform begins to lower in into the earth. You know this is the entrance to the geofront. You guys have done this a thousand times before, but today it just seems a little bit more heavy. Like you can feel the tension around here today. So you lower yourselves into the geofront. You're lowered onto the artificial world that essentially is the U.S. geofront. You get driven in the convoy. You're driven to the nerve barracks. You've been there a thousand times before, but only ever in passing. Today, welcome the move-in day. So you walk into the barracks. You see a bunch of nerve soldiers. You guys are given your own quarters in there, but you're all sharing the same room. And basically, think about it like a dorm room in college. Mm -hmm. There's a common area. There's your room. And then there's an entertainment area, stuff like that, food storage. So you guys get in there. It's barren and sterile. It's like no one's ever set foot in here before. In fact, you're pretty sure no one has it. It was built for you guys. <laughs> but since you all went home a couple days a week, what was the point of having to stay here? So now this is home to you. What are you guys going to do? I'm going to go unpack my stuff. Yeah, unpack. All right, so each of you goes into your assigned quarters, start unpacking your stuff. You hear a slight knock at the door. Yes? <laughs> you hear a girl's voice. The open door, please. My hands are full. Okay, so I, I'll, I'll begrudgingly walk over there and just open the door, and then I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. You open the door. You don't see anybody. You look down. You see this, uh... It's a dwarf or like cat person? I'm confused. <laughs> it's a girl in a wheelchair, actually. Now she, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> now you're a like, douchebag. She's like, oh, oh, for you, no problem. Hi. All right, I'm Leela. We're over there. Stop over there. God damn it, Scott. <laughs> she looks at you. She's this uh, bright-eyed... Uh, she's got... Uh, Bright, bright blue eyes. Um, she's got long, dark brown hair. She's of Middle Eastern uh, descent. She's got the... I'm not sure what that rap is called. Hijab. Hijab. And she's just... She seems very excited to see you. She's very excited <laughs> to see anybody. She's like, oh man. I haven't seen people for days. Well, How I, are you? Well, I take the stuff she has in her hands because I feel like a, a dick thinks she's a cat person. <laughs> Oh, she's like, oh, take it, take it, take it. And I just, I, I tell her, I ask her if she wants to come in, because it's kind of awkward, her standing there. I'm like, standing there? <laughs> <laughs> Scott Mortis, friends of the handicapped. Wheeling there? I don't know. Well, she's like, like, oh, yeah, take this shit, don't worry about it. And she wheels herself Douche in. Douchebag Harrison Ford here. <laughs> so she wheels herself in, in, into the middle of the room. She kind of does a... One of those little wheelchair uh, wheelies. She goes, oh man, this is so much better than home. Where's my stuff? Your stuff? What do you, what do you mean? I was pretty sure this was my room. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're all going to stay together. It's going to be like summer camp. It's like a freaking robot. I thought there was just one bed in my room. <laughs> I thought it was an individual room. That's why I was like, Hi. oh. <laughs> she goes, oh, I'm right beside you. Don't worry. I'll keep the company at night. <laughs> I just have a, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not very sociable, I guess. I so, so she don't uh, snore. So she asked you to put her 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 stuff in in uh, her quarters, and kind of wheels herself in there. And you can hear her kind of giggling to herself. You can hear her texting on a cell phone. We get cell reception down here. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, this guy's so hot. <laughs> like, Man, this is gonna be so much fun. 
So she's like, hey, so who wants to hang out tonight? I slammed my door. <laughs> wow, what a dick bag. <laughs> so he has his own private quarters. Oh, yeah, like, basically think of it as a dorm room in college. There's a common area, and then there's four separate rooms. Oh, okay, so I do have my privacy. Yeah, basically, okay. yeah, you can shut your door. I thought it was just one door. shit in the common area. Really like, what the fuck's going on? This claim, is my room. I claim the fridge. <laughs> I claim the common area for my own. You'll all pay taxes to get by. Tolls. Monopoly style. <laughs> So what are you gonna do? Just go unpack your shit and close your door? No, I'll be like, you can hang out with me. I'm just unpacking some stuff because I still feel like a dick. <laughs> she's like, oh man, who else is here? Who else is here? Is there another chick? Yeah, she's over there. I'm not too sure what she's doing, but let's she... go find out. <laughs> so she kind of grabs your hand and starts wheeling herself over. You hear a very awkward and excited knock at your door. That. Yes, and then I open the door. She's like, hi, want to be friends? <laughs> and, I, and I just look at you and I'm like, I don't know. Um, that's all I say. Um, I, what? Like, who, are, she, who are you? She, she kind of grabs your hand. She shakes it bigger. She's like, hi, Leela. Leela, my name's Margot. It's nice to meet you. Um, oh, okay, are you going to be staying here? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. They brought me over from Egypt. I've been on a plane for I don't know how many hours. Oh. Alright, you're very happy. <laughs> oh, man! They gave me all this pop on the plane, I've drank like a thousand Red Bull, I got all these peanuts, she starts pulling peanuts out of like, her vest. She's uh, well, like, look at all these freaking peanuts! It's amazing! Well, you want some? Here, um, take some. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna call you Potato Girl. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> have some of my warm vest peanuts. <laughs> Well, in my mind, I'm just like, what is wrong with this girl? Her enthusiasm is oddly refreshing, but I am a little bit um, taken aback by her attitude. But I, uh, I take in her warmness. I take in her kindness. And yeah, we, I, I don't know. I, I'm welcome to her. How about you, Scott? Are you going to, are we going to, what are we going to do? I, I still feel like, I feel like a dick. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't think I, she I, realizes that. I don't think she doesn't. That's she why doesn't. I'm, I'm behind the wheelchair. I'm like. I, well, let's go. Let's get this show on the road here. So, I guess let's let's help her unpack her her bags in her room, and then we can. I think all she has is peanuts own. in her vest. <laughs> I don't think she brought anything else. Okay. Warm vest nuts. So you go to her room, you unpack her bag, and she's like, "Hold on, donuts. I got donuts." She's ludicrously happy. Like so happy to be here. She's from Egypt. I really like donuts. This is a good. Happy to be anywhere. So she's like, tomorrow morning we get to kill things, guys, with a giant robot. Try and tell me that is not the most amazing thing you've like ever heard. I, I tell her, do you really know the severity of this and what we've been going through? This is not something I'm looking forward to tomorrow. She's like, dude, I play video games. I've dreamed of this my entire life. Yeah, but this is different than video games. I know the kills count here. <laughs> you sound like. This uh, this character I remember seeing on a web series, FPS Doug, I think his name was. Oh, yeah. Everybody runs fast with a Boom. knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my place, wheel faster. But um, as you guys are yammering, you hear a throat clear, <clears throat> <laughs> spins around. Hey! She's really excited to see you. You find her refreshingly annoying. <laughs> refreshingly so. You should be getting an early night. Tomorrow's going to be tough. Um, I've got a, a tech aide standing with me to my left. Uh, 
Techie Johnson over here is going to take your cell phones, um, and you will be given nerve issue phones. All communication will be tracked. Should any information about this project, what you are working on, what you are currently going through, be leaked, we will know, and you will be punished accordingly. This is incredibly confidential for the safety of mankind. So Foursquare's out, right? Yes. <laughs> She's like, oh. So they... Yeah, you may want to take this now, then. Johnson then goes and <laughs> collects everyone's mobile device and hands out a Nerve phone. Um, the number is listed in the options settings menu on the individual phone. Do you want to keep track of that? It's like a brick Nokia we're talking about here. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Nokia candy bar. Here. Yeah, these are, these, these are the uh, the burner phones the, yeah. you know, with their own chip inside of them. She looks at them. I'm not going to be able to play Tetris on this thing, am I? You won't have time for games. <sighs> All right, fine. And I send the tech to go knock on Zach's door as well. <laughs> I give up my phone. Yeah, there you go. Um, seriously, get some rest. We need to prove that this program is sustainable. We need to show the UN tomorrow that we are the only hope against this angel invasion. I don't understand how these jet alone jokers think they're going to be able to pierce the AT field, um, but they're sure going to try. And uh, we need to make sure that the continued investment and focus of nerve is on the deployment of these AV units. All right. This is going to be awesome. I'm just going to now walk into my room now, close my door. You hear me say goodnight through there? And I just go to my bed and Put track 26 on. I just do my, my usual thing before I go to bed, you know, put my, put my PJs on, my little Pac-Man PJs. <laughs> look at some of my, my little photo album there. Have a little sigh for uh, what life was like before all this crap, and uh, I go to bed. Very mundane. Uh, Very easy night. Yeah. All right. What about you, Mario? You're sitting there standing with a hyperactive 14-year-old girl. I'm very angry at you, Scott. In my mind, I'm very angry. Don't leave me. I can't leave. believe Her room is right beside that. mine. You could tell her, you just push her in and lock the door. <laughs> Take the brakes off and wheel her in. She's sitting there still, like, kind of bouncing. She's I'm like, imagining oh, you saying, like, Goodnight, asshole, or something like that. To <laughs> some bad. Yeah, I, I definitely said something under my breath there for a second. I uh, slept on the plane, gonna be up all night. I, uh, I just stare at <laughs> And after hearing that, I make sure I put my headphones in. <laughs> so, in the, I'm in the living quarters with her, and um, I'm just kind of staring at her, just trying to collect, like, does, does she... How do uh, I deal with you? How do I deal with you, yeah. Um, and I try and, and speak to her calmly and, and seriously. Like, you, you understand. You understand the severity of this, just like Scott said, right? Oh, yeah. This is going to be so great. I mean, come on. We were chosen to defend mankind. Do you know what that means? Medals, TV shows. I'm going to be an action figure. I quickly I'm going to have wheels. I quickly Wheels. I quickly opened my door because I realized I wanted a glass of water. So I'm trying to like sneak by so they don't notice me and like turn the tap. Roll me dexterity. Yes. So is it all three? What are yeah, I'm going to have to roll under that, but you're at a minus okay. three disadvantage. So he's gonna... she is so wired for sound. <laughs> he's, so the, the way that the system works from what we can tell so far is that uh, you have your scores like if you're going to roll dexterity, instead of getting over a certain thing, what they would do is roll three d6s and try to get under your own dexterity score. What'd you get? Uh, 
Oh. <laughs> just barely. Oh, no, you have a minus penalty, don't you? Yeah, he said minus three. Yep, so what's your dexterity? That's 13. Oh, damn, yeah. You got 10 together. <laughs> yeah, you rolled 10. She's like, rolled. Hi, Scott. <laughs> hey. That's we should have a roll, ladies and gentlemen. I've slept on the plane. I... Uh, well, it doesn't. It seems like if you're going to be in the room beside me, I'm not going to be getting any sleep, so. You are. Oh, really? <laughs> she kind of bites her knuckle, kind of looks at you. She's and I'm actually rolling right sex back. appeal on you right now. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Is this, is oh, this a moment? Like, sex appeal for her is at 15. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Do I have to roll something now? A chance of hell is it wouldn't matter. Okay. So, she kind of throws you the uh, kind of flirty eyes. And you're like, I'm like, Damn. Oh, I'm thinking she's a tr- she's beautiful. So I'm getting like a puberty thing here. Going like, well, I'm noticing women for the first time. Well, she's attractive. She's very attractive. You're also 14. Yeah, you're also 14. <laughs> Welcome to the hormones, buddy. Yeah, but then I'm like, but she's annoying me. What's going on? <laughs> Why am I feeling annoying. this way? <laughs> hair where there was no hair before. No. <laughs> I was a man, but only yesterday. <laughs> Go puberty check. <laughs> oh my. No, wait. So she's like, come on. All right. Gather around. Story time. I'm going to walk over. That, that, that other guy's a dick bag, though, so he, he, he doesn't get the point. I'm going to ask if anybody else wants a glass of water while I'm up, because apparently... I open my door and say, yes, water. Water. God damn it. <laughs> oh, Thank you. I also yell at you, we have to be up at 0600. Go to bed, everyone. Can I spit in his water? Does the world check for <laughs> Yeah, if you want to twist me off, I was trying to be nice. I'm jaded. Roll IQ. Let's see if, if you can actually pull it off to sneak it. He doesn't know it's coming, so just roll me a straight IQ. <laughs> so I had to roll under 12, right? Yep. How'd you do? I rolled uh, 10. Well, he's got himself a little bit of extra minerals in there. I'm add. like, here you go. What's your rank? I don't, I'm not ranked. Oh, I thought he had a rank with some military back. <laughs> Here you go. You have had a Here job, General. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> General Dick Bag. Here's your water. General D. Baggerson. <laughs> so you do that, and um, Leland to sister goes, guys, all right, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk all night. Everybody <laughs> Can I drop me. a sleeping pill in her water? No, but everybody <laughs> roll health, health okay. and we're going to see you guys... Can basically get away with the night. Are there any uh, any modifiers? Oh, I get to fire from less sleep. That is one of my skills. Yep. Uh, looking for my doors closed. Roll minus roll? two. Basically, your rolls are at minus two. Do I have to roll? My doors closed. Oh no, you don't gotta roll shit. Oh you, sweet! But you get to enjoy literally <laughs> water for the rest of the day. Okay, so minus two. <laughs> yep, minus two. <laughs> the water here tastes awful. Okay. <laughs> I wonder why. It's probably because we're underground. Yeah, going. It's, it's desert. Oh, so it's minus two to my die roll? Yeah. Okay. So what'd you get? So I got 11 before, but minus two is nine. Am I... Yep, you're good. No, we're waving. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I got donuts. Um, There's actually cupcakes in there, if you want to. Yeah, enjoy. We'll edit that out. But. Yeah, we're, record- <laughs> we're recording the podcast. I assumed as much. I wasn't going to talk onto it, but now... <laughs> All right, how much time are we at? We're at 39 minutes. Perfect. All right, so the night goes by. You stay up with a hyperactive Egyptian girl who doesn't know how to shut the hell up. What's her last name? 
Uh, her net last name is. I have that. Give me a Merriam Webster. Nadira. Nadira? Yeah. And she's the provisional pilot of Ava 4. Which, believe me, she drives that into the ground incessantly. Um, it's like, I get mine, it's silver. <laughs> what color are yours? Because I bet you don't know. Um, so, eventually, you all get a couple of hours of sleep. She kind of passes out from sugar overload, basically. She kind of slumps in her chair and goes, well, good night. Uh, she kind of passes out in the corner. I said, thank God. Yeah, now, can I go look at the clock to see how much time before we're supposed to be up? Yeah, about two hours. Like two hours left? Yeah. Okay. It's like 4 a.m. Yep, so it's about 4 a.m. You guys are up talking with her all night, but you know what she likes. She used to be a dancer. She loves video games. I'm glad I didn't care. She uh, got into the program because her dad was a UN official, decided, hey, um, this might be a way for her to walk again. Um, she was injured during an, an uprising over in Egypt because even today, there's still problems over there. So, but she's trying to remain a fairly happy, go-lucky kid since, like, her mom died. Always tries to be the energetic face <coughs> in the room. Uh, she's never met any other Ava pilots before you guys, which knows all about the other ones. Um, she's does she have our trading cards? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she does have all your dossiers in her bag. She wants to know everything about her new friends. She has a foil edition. <laughs> Embossed. Um, so eventually, the morning comes. And comes entirely due damn soon. Yeah. So you guys are brought out to the cages. So you know how in Ava there's that those big elevators? All your Avas are lined up. You are the provisional pilot of Ava 5. Ava 6. Cool. Ava 7. And you see a thing you've never quite seen before. Connell, describe what the Gustav looks like. <laughs> Um, it is German. It has a mustache. <laughs> Gustav, uh, for anybody that's probably like the nobody who's listening, it's a very large human-ish mecha. It's kind of like one of the Jaegers from Pacific Rim. It's just a fully, uh, fully mechanical mech. It's got a large upper body to it, very bulky arms. You can tell that it's got a lot of very heavy plate armor on it. Um, and on the head, the head is kind of half buried into the chest. And it's got a large, like, lower jaw thing with, like, a big grid design to it. And its eyes are almost buried behind the uh, the large lower jaw. So very large shoulders. So you see that into the cages next to you. Standing there, bright and early, bushy-tailed, is Jordan. Are you ready? Did you get sleep? You look tired. <laughs> I look fine. Oh, yeah, where am I at this morning? You are standing with Jordan. Oh, I'm standing with Jordan. It's, um, <laughs> Andy, Andy kind of looks around and goes, Who slept? I did. <laughs> Not by choice. You put up your hand? Yep. Okay, so we let Andy kind of eyes um, Zach uh, Herbert over here, Zach Herbert. He just kind of eyes him and goes, Okay. Okay. <laughs> Leela's sitting there. She's got literally a six-pack of Red Bull, and she's just kind of popping one. As you keep talking. So just pull it off her vest and say, you owe me this. <laughs> Don't need an answer. I'm just chug it. Voice warm chestnuts. I just stare at you both and scoff. And then I grab, I take another rifle. I say, here, you know you want one. So, Colt, are you ready for your obsolescence? Obsolescence. Commander Brash. 
I mean, it's your, your 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 Gustav or, or whatever it is you call it is impressive looking. Thank you. But uh, the Japanese have had a lot of success in this department, and I feel like rocking the boat isn't what we should be focusing on at the moment. Well, I'm always a proprietor that uh, success doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing. We have been getting the job done, and that's good. But I think that we can do better. And yes, currently the Judd Alone program is not able to pierce the AT field, but once we figure out what those things are made of, I'm sure we can figure a way around it. Well, let's hope the research on the S2 engine they acquired in Japan will yield fruitful results. Until then, however, meet the new Evangelion pilots. I use the word (coughs) pilot loosely at this point. But uh, I hope we'll whip them into shape. They proved promising in their initial tests. Leela kind of leans on her chair. I prefer the term fighter jock. <laughs> you will speak when spoken to and address <laughs> me appropriately. Commander D, I gotcha. <laughs> you don't right. like her. <laughs> I don't Man, like any of them. The I don't like you either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be dead. <laughs> I'm assuming I've got like a fuller dossier yeah. or something like that. Kind of flip through the papers and sort of look over each of the people. Margot Kovac. It's Kovac, right? Or Kovac? Kovac. Kovac. Okay. Zach Herbert. Howdy. Okay. That's number six. Scott Bordas. Yep. Jesus Christ. And. Hey, <laughs> said Leland Nadira. Oh, yeah. Good morning. So, kind of. Is that a single? <laughs> roll, roll sex at the end. <laughs> I'm not gonna let that one slide. That's just creepy and weird. Yeah, legal, like, yes, wrong, totally. Just peek over the thing. It's just like cigarette droops a little bit in his mouth. It's just like okay. Now looking over her particular, now you're looking over her particular dossier. Yeah. Her sink ratios are off the charts. Yeah, no. She's like, ha, this is my bag. She looks really positive. It's good. Cool. It's, who's yeah. piloting the Gustav today? Ah, well. And he kind of closes the dossier. That'd be me. Do you think that's wise? Absolutely. I know this thing inside and out. Right. But uh, should it fail, we're out of replacements. Replacements? What do you mean? For you. For me. You can pilot it. I'm not the only person who can pilot the dang thing. Am I the only person who can pilot this? <laughs> You're one of the best. Well, yeah. I was just saying, like, I'm... You're Maverick, dude. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> You, Iceman. <laughs> well, I suppose if you can't pull it off, then you've proven the program ineffective anyways. Well, there you go. Don't worry. She can't get through an AT field, but she'll impress you. I nod. Let's get the show on the road. All right, then. So, you are all taken to your individual Avas. You are all put into your plug suits prior. Um, and they're like, okay, guys. Today we're really, uh, you hear a voice over the intercom. It's not yours, it's uh, Commander Jackson's. He goes, morning pilots. All right, this morning, simulators are gonna be a little bit different. We were using light LCL before, today you're gonna be using the real stuff. So this is gonna feel a little weird. Um, What's gonna happen is we're actually gonna put you through actual activation tests today. But the data that you will be fighting is going to be simulated. It will be controlled by uh, by Jordan himself. He will be detailing 
uh, what you will be fighting today. And believe me, we have some very special guests. You'll be talking to them in just a moment. So as you guys are all given the brief, um, the U3 pilots, like I said, are in your plug suits. You are put into the entry plugs. They are dry right now. Um, They're not filled with that gross fluid? (laughs) No, not yet. You get in them, they smell like blood. Like these, they don't smell like your regular test plugs. These are the real thing. Um, And all your plugs look very similar to Shinji's from Evil One. It's got the big thing in the back, not like Asuka's. So you sit down, you put your hands and legs into the yokes, stuff like that. You've got your sink clips on your head. These ones buzz a little bit louder than normal because these are the real deal. So you can feel it's almost like someone's massaging your brain or the top of your head, like someone's doing this constantly. Kind of rubbing it up here. Yeah, so it, it feels a little strange from what you're kind of used to. So he's like, all right, pilots, prepare for LCL injection. You feel the liquid is cold. This morning, the stuff was not warmed up. So you guys feel it's a it's, it's a bit of a shock to the system, almost like a polar bear dip. But eventually, the stuff starts to come up. It gets a little bit warmer. You're breathing this stuff in. It feels weird. The other LCL stuff, it felt kind of like being put into a warm bath. This one's like being shoved into a lake that's freezing. After a few minutes, the sensation passes. All right, pilots, we're going to get things rolling here. So everybody roll me your Ava pilot skills. <coughs> we're going to do your initial sink ratio. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you are all at a minus one because this is your first time. This is your first rodeo. Now, Andy's suit wouldn't be necessarily a plug suit. It would be more something akin to what they had in... Uh, you you could wear body armor in there. As yeah. you say, a lot like what I would say would, would what they were wearing in Pacific Rim. It's like kind of a very tight body armor suit that hooks up to the inside of the, the mask itself that he would use to control it. Yeah. Okay, so what do we what do we do with this number? All right, what did you get? Um, did you roll six under significantly? Then you are primed. You can feel everything from your aim. You can feel the tips of its fingers, the feet. You can feel the joints. Everything. What did you roll? Eleven. And that's under your uh, willpower. Pardon? That's under willpower. Um, twelve. Wouldn't it be under? Wouldn't it be uh, piloting skills or? Well, yeah, but but it's a will base. Okay. So, oh. oh no, wait. Sorry, sorry. What's your what's your pilot skill? Um, uh, my pilot. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, so 16. yeah, so minus one, even still, you make. Okay. Sky. Same. All right. So you guys, once again, you go. You feel completely in sync with your ears. This is the first time you've connected to the actual boss. <clears throat> There's something very familiar about all this. Like you, each of the souls you guys have outlined in your background. Actually, let's share that information right now. We'll start with uh, with you, Margo, first. Who is the soul powering your particular unit? Uh, something that feels familiar, but I'm, I'm, it's it's like one of those things where you wake up from a dream and uh, you you feel like a sense of nostalgia, a, a sense of of belonging, like you have some sort of closeness. But I, I can't quite read what it is. I just feel like it's something that I can connect with and something that's very personal to me. But I I, I feel calm from it, very calm, which is better than how I felt this morning, that's for sure. But uh, I don't know. Alright, Zach? I have the sense of uh, familiarity. It feels like home, but regimented. Not really so, sure. So you kind of feel like you could get orders at any second now. Oh, like yeah. You're standing constantly. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm alert right now. And Mr. Boris? Um, I don't, after I get all settled in there, and I, I start to feel, yeah, I'm a little bit uh, better about myself, a little 
happy. I, I, a little smirk comes on my face because the soul I'm feeling is again a, someone really close to me, and I, I have I have a feeling it might be my dad or whatever, just due to whatever the the instinct was trying to tell there kept me here for. And then I hear him say, "Go for it, shithead," and I'm like, "Oh, that's my dad. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. So you are standing at the nerve control center. You, uh, there's a bunch of older men and women standing with you all in various branches of the military. You do see a representative from Nerve Japan. It's a blonde-haired woman. You've met her in passing before, uh, Dr. Akagi. Mm-hmm. And uh, she holds a little thing that looks kind of like a lunchbox. And she hands this to you. goes, please give this to your, to your Nerve techs. And you see on the side, dummy plug. Ah. So, um, a man steps forward, a rather larger black man. He is, uh, looks like he's a three or four star general from the general army branch. He looks like Marcellus Wallace. <laughs> he does not look like a bitch. <laughs> so he uh, stands up in the front of the room and goes, Gentlemen, I am Commander... He goes, I always feel so embarrassed when I say my name. Commander Powell. And, uh, well, today, we are here to prove the superiority against, uh, he points over to Dr. Akai. He goes, uh, our... Well, let's just say what it is, guys, because we're here to do this because we want the contract. Against our competition, the Japanese branch of Nerf. Here with us, there are some UN observers, and today... We're going to test the readiness of the U.S. Evangelion program with your currently four active units, as Unit 3 will be transported beginning tomorrow over to the Japanese branch. And, well, I want to see what you guys can do because uh, Nervin, Massachusetts, is very, very excited to see how this data turns out. In fact, you sent you one of their best. Uh, Little Miss Nadira. I believe some of you are familiar with her. You guys can all hear this too, by the way, coming over uh, the intercoms. So what we're going to do today is a simulated combat exercise, but we're actually going to do this with the actual AVA units. We need to see how these things uphold under pressure. These will be the first time these units will be taken out into the field, so to speak. Like I said, the bodies are real, the data is simulated, the mental trauma you all experience will be considered real as well. This is about as real as it gets without having you all get out there to be killed. So... What you're going to be facing today is a simulation of the best that currently exists, the simulation of the Japanese pilots, Mr. Akari, Miss Soryu, and Miss Ayanami. You will be facing the three of them. The rule of this combat is you will fight them until, until two-thirds of them have been defeated or disabled. We are also fielding the Gustav in this program to test how it can pierce AT fields. We understand the technology has evolved since our first jet alone, and let's see what good old General Motors has come up with us today. Built in Detroit strong, my friends. Without any further ado, we will start the project. I'm going to hand the dummy plugs out to my tech staff just in case. They do that. They insert them into the computer. Your plugs start to activate. They flash white. They flash black. Interface language English. The nerve cages fade away. You are in the city of Las Vegas. It is currently um, the weather conditions. You see that pop up on the side. It's during a rainstorm. They want to simulate environmental conditions as well. 
So you guys are given your uh, plugs in the back. There are several plugs scattered across the city. You, however, do not know where they are immediately. They want to test how quickly you can think. You know what the buildings look like, but they're not on your markers. You are each given one weapon to start with. Voice comes over, oh, oh, over the radio. All right, what do you guys want? Um, I would like uh, just prog knife for now. Um, just one. Okay. This one, yes, please. Alright, so as you're sitting there, you feel the knife literally appear in your hand. And it's also noted you still have one in your uh, shoulder pile. Alright, Zach, what do you want? I'm going to go with the sniper rifle. Alright, the sniper rifle appears in your hand. It's a little heavier than the beam cannon you've been training with. But I believe it should punch through any armor or AT fields given. Andy. In the Gustav, you, fee- you see all the kind of combat data come up. Data and stuff like that flying across. Um, Load it up, you see coolant levels, uh, tensile strength, a blade of armor, stuff like that. You've got your giant shock hammer. This is say, like the massive impact hammer. Can I say that it has like a rocket in one side to like give me a, a rocket slam at least yep. like once or twice? Yep, no problem. Sweet. Okay. You also have one pallet pistol loaded into your left leg as a backup weapon. <laughs> Does it come out all Robocop style? Yep. Like, are you ripping his like, Fuck yeah, okay, sweet. And then, Scotty, <laughs> what weapon do you wish to take in? Can I get my my two other PAL pistols, or... Yep. get those. Alright, so you... The weapons appear in your hands. They, are, they feel loaded, they feel good, they feel hot. And because happiness is indeed a one gun. As you guys there, you see data come up across uh, your screens, because you're all sharing data with Zach... Zach has a more tactical model. I mean, Zach's model ties into two local satellite coverage. You can see the other AVAs out on the field. You can see a purple one, which you know is AVA 1, lo- loaded up with one pallet uh, rifle, one of the assault cannons. You see the red one, production model 2, loaded up with a positron uh, rifle. And finally, you see Ray in the blue uh, unit 0, with a sniper rifle as well. <clears throat> so, the test is about to begin. As already combatants, you have one hour. We will also be throwing out random environmental conditions and problems with your AVA units to simulate real combat conditions. Anything can happen. Anybody can win. But we're the U.S. We're the best. You see Leela... Leela's Ava come out. She's in the silver Ava 4. She's excited. You can hear her squealing over the radio. And she's like, holy shit, I can walk! And you see her armed up with dual, what would look like uh, SMGs. They look, to give you a comparison, MP5s. So she's got two of those ready to go. So she's like, alright guys, let's make these guys a bitch. And that is the end of our one. We begin the combat test to decide is the AVA program indeed viable in the United States or is it a product of Japanese government only? Will uh, will Commander Jordan be able to command his troops to win? Will the Gustav be proving technological superiority over mysticism? Will they ever get Leela to shut the hell up? All these questions and more. Uh, for uh, these worries are terrible. We have been... Erica Sailor Senshi Sabo. Brendan Fry. Colin Macbeth, also known as Dr. Holocaust. Scott.
And Julian, mentor of tweens, Spillane. <laughs> I've been Mike the Birdman Dodds and live for your diehard. And believe me, these warriors are terrible. You have just listened to This Week in Geeks. These warriors are terrible. Did our terrible warriors succeed in saving the day? Did someone do something completely insane and stun the GM into a stupefied silence? And lastly, did someone get punched square in the goodie bags? Also, are there any settings or RPG systems you'd like the terrible warriors to visit? Do you have your own shameful, awesome, or just plain silly RPG adventures? Tell us with a comment on this episode post, or email us at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Until next time, geeks and gamers, the dice has been put away, the books back on the shelf, and the Cheetos stuck to the floor. For these warriors are terrible!